0: the following is a special edition of rick flynn presents hi everyone it's michelle lau from qvc happy mother's day everyone can't wait to spend time with rick flynn on rick flynn presents. you're listening to rick flynn with a shout out from london town it's rick flynn presents Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn.
1: Happy Mother's Day, everyone. What a pleasure it is to be back with our special annual Mother's Day show. And I am proud to announce that this year, everyone, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to extend our Mother's Day show and we're going to start it. Mother's Day is, is of course, May 14th. We're going to start it on May 10th, a Wednesday, and we're going to extend it all the way through May 23rd. So our Big Mother's Day special that you're listening to right now will be featured not for one, like a normal program, but for two straight weeks, And then it will be available in perpetuity after that, just like the entire rest of our soon-to-be 150 episodes that we have. You can listen to any of them at any time. We welcome back to celebrate Mom's Day, a lady who has done more on Mother's Day with live, unscripted TV than anyone I personally know or have met in my life. She has done more Mother's Day shows than I, I can't even name anyone else who has done any more. I'm delighted to have my friend Michelle Lau with us, who you see often on QVC television nationwide. Michelle, happy Mother's Day, and come on in. Say hi.
0: Oh, thank you. Hi, Rick. How are you?
1: We're doing very, very well. And I'm blessed and I'm happy. And I think that, well, for Mother's Day, uh, what was it? Henny Youngman. I know, you know, Henny Youngman, the comedian. He used to say, I'll tell you, you want to know what my wife makes best in the kitchen? I said, no, what is that? She says, he says, reservations. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what we're going to do for Mother's Day. We're making reservations, Michelle. How about that?
0: Well, you know, that was the big question I think I shared with you earlier, Rick, here at my house. It was like reservations or cooking, right? Are we going in? Are we staying out? And I really wanted to go out this year. I didn't feel like cooking this year, but at the end of the day, we decided that we all want to be together. We're just going to nest. We're going to take it easy, just do it simple, you know, a little ham, little potatoes, little asparagus, and uh, just enjoy each other's company. So I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, by the way, my doctor uh, said that asparagus is one of the most healthy foods that I could eat. It's something about the asparagus plant has this oil or whatever natural in it, which is good for the um, the 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 blood flow of your body.
0: Really? Yes, wow. I did
1: not know that. It was my, I think it was my urologist that told me that. He said, I'm all in favor of all of my patients, if you can, to eat asparagus. And that's the first I knew that.
0: Well, if anybody's going to know about asparagus, it's going to be a urologist, right? I would think so. He would know. Asparagus. He He's he the some. plumber,
1: isn't he? Yeah. 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 And that's you know what I'm he said. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And so we have asparagus. I like it and eat it quite often. It is great. What I don't like, I'm going to tell you this, Michelle, is when you go out to a nice restaurant and they have food as an Art. And they give oh. you two asparagus laid in the form of an X with the meat underneath. You understand?
0: Oh, you're such a guy.
1: Yes, yes. Take you that X off of my meat and give yes. me a, a, a portion, a if you plate. don't mind, of, <laughs> of a, a plate asparagus. of asparagus, for heaven's sake.
0: That's funny. Yeah, pretty food doesn't have to be tiny food in my world. Oh, <laughs> I like no, no, they make yeah. nice big healthy plates of food and still have them look beautiful. And asparagus does make it look pretty on a plate, no okay. doubt about it. Yeah, it's all about color, isn't it? Mother's Day, we love not only colorful food but we love the colorful flowers and you know, just everything feels fresh and new.
1: Right. That's food as an art, Michelle.
0: <laughs> that makes sense.
1: And you know, you know how they decorate. The plate itself with with the chocolate sauce or whatever or the hollandaise, they'll, they'll make an artistic pattern on the plate
0: you're making me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do you know, Mother's Day is actually the busiest day for restaurants. I was told by a restaurant tour not too long ago.
1: Well, I was going to say either that or for the floral industry.
0: Oh, I bet it is for them too.
1: I'll bet you that's one of, I'll bet you Valentine's and Mother's Day. I would think Mother's Day would probably have it over Valentine's Day.
0: It's a bigger day, according to this gentleman. Oh, I
1: I agree. I think that's going to be true. It's going to be... you could
0: do edible flowers. Oh,
1: edible (laughs) arrangements. Yes, I've seen that. In fact, I I was on the expressway a week or two ago, and I looked over, and this van, this parcel delivery van, uh, had passed me up. And it had one of these color wraps on, on the van with the artwork and photographic artwork, beautiful wrap. And it was said edible arrangements and it showed you the you know, some samples on the truck itself. It was well done. Good art.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I like their stuff. To be honest, I really do edible arrangements. They make some great things. But no, I'm talking about flowers that you can literally eat. Oh, this okay. New, I thought this you is meant a new thing.
1: Oh, the oh oh, I'll be darned. You know what? I we were at a restaurant just in downtown Cincinnati. I'm not going to call the name of it out, but it was the same day that the. Uh, Music Hall, which is the home of the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. But on that day, we had a touring company come in. And it was a River Dance, if you've heard of that. It was a Broadway show, the traveling touring company of River Dance, which are some pretty doggone fancy dancers, you know.
0: Man, I don't know how they move their feet that fast. Oh <laughs> so, yes, knees—they come up so high. I think it's the b- most beautiful performance, though. I had a chance to see them a few years ago, and I, I like it not only from a visual aspect, but the sound of it is just beautiful. It's, hey, that's a really. And good I bring Fun that thing up to do with mom.
1: It was a fabulous show, number 1. And then we went out to eat after and we got a flower on the plate and the waiter wait, waiter said uh that that flower is edible but I don't recommend it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't particularly like it. No, he mind.
1: doesn't particularly <laughs> like it and nor is he going to recommend it. And you know what? Neither her nor I ate the (laughs) flower. It looked like a daisy is what it looked like.
0: Yeah, now they make them out of rice paper, too. So, you know, you can get things that look like flowers, but you could actually eat them. They're a little starchy, I guess, but uh, you could still eat them. But, yeah, this is the time of the year. I I love this time of the year. Mother's Day is such a happy time and uh, all the pretty colors. But, you know, Ron and I were not blessed with children, so we don't have children, but I still am mama to the doggies. So Mm -hmm. um, I buy myself a little un-Mother's Day present, and I always sign it from the dogs, and that way I get to participate, too.
1: <laughs> Michelle, I have never been blessed with children. I have been one who has been married, you might say, to the career, and I've been blessed enough to even be able to retire early. And it's not that, well, it was a decision I made, and I respect parents everywhere. And I. I was looking here at some quotes that I wanted to feed out your way. Here's from the Bible actually Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel. As is the mother. So is the daughter. Now, I want to know if that's true.
0: Oh, my gosh. It couldn't be more true in our case anyway. And the older I get, the more like my mother I am. So, yeah. And I I find that to be an incredible compliment. My mom is amazing. Um, She really is. Her name
1: is Mama Pat.
0: Mama Pat. That's right. Yeah. Pat Lau. She's right downstairs right now with Ron. We moved her into our home with us, um, I guess, a little over a year ago now. And it's just such a privilege and a pleasure to have her here every day and to know I'm going to get to see her every day you know being in the business the way that i am and i know you you feel some of this too you feel disconnected so oftentimes from family and you have to move around market to market so you get you know you get yanked out of areas before and just as you're trying to develop relationships with people so a lot of times your friends become your family but when you're only in a market for you know four or five years um you can feel very disconnected so i'm just i'm in such a happy place right now having her here and i feel so blessed um that she is able to be here with us. It's really, really awesome.
1: I think that is excellent. And I know that because I've seen it, uh, we've discussed this on other Mother's Days, you and I, but you have literally taken Mama Pat, your mom, and placed her on the set on live, unscripted television. And it was (laughs) Mother's Day, and you're selling diamonds or whatever it is, was for sale. And there, uh, but it was jewelry. I think Pat, your mom, loves diamonds. And in, in fact, I think your mom sold jewelry before you did, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my
0: gosh, you remember this, huh? Yes, she did. She worked um for a jewelry store that I don't even, I don't think it's still around. It was called Van Drake, I think. Van Drake's, Van Drake. I think it was Van Drake's. It was in West St. Paul on Robert Street. And uh, while she was even pregnant with me, she was working in the jewelry store. And she she has a passion for all jewelry, but mostly diamonds and pearls. That's really where mom's um, expertise lies. But I really think there's something to that whole thing. I was exposed to it in the womb and uh, had a love of it from then. I, I mean, I've always been fascinated with gems and jewelry, and it, it really does come back to my mom's passion for it as well. So yeah, but she's she's something. You know, she even helps me with my business. Like she'll get involved with my social media. She she helps me with my inventory all the time. I mean, it's crazy. And she, um, she wouldn't mind me telling you that she's uh, 83 years old and she's still driving and, and we're going now to aqua aerobics together. And so she's really a, more of a friend, you know, and I think a lot of us have developed those relationships with our mom. And I think, you know, we have to think of creative ways to celebrate Mother's Day as we get older. And there's so many things, you know, even outside of diamonds and jewelry or in addition, you know, to, to jewelry that you can do, just simple things, you know, baking a favorite dessert or, I don't know, doing a craft project with your kids if you're lucky enough to have kids to give her as a gift um there's thoughtful things you can do even going out and taking a walk you know with mom we walk the dogs together a lot over here rick so that's kind of our special time
1: you have more than one dog
0: well we do now you know i had two very special uh dogs um and they passed away during the pandemic oh and it was it was hard. Oh my gosh. I mean, that, that time in our lives, all of us, we've all experienced things that happened during that time, but it was very, very difficult. And so that was right as mom was moving in and she had a little Cavapoo who we love named Teddy. And mom was able to get um, our dog now, Oliver, for us is a present, and he was from the same father. Uh, they had different mothers, but so we have two little Cavapoos that are just naughty and wonderful and cuddly and and just so sweet. And uh, but one hundred percent, completely different from Benny and Buddy from years ago.
1: Now, excuse my ignorance, but when the prior dogs both passed, was that because the actual dogs themselves caught the virus?
0: Not from Norton. No, not from the virus. Okay,
1: I didn't um, know if that was possible.
0: No, It is, actually. Um, I did talk to my vet about that because we've been through it over here, and I wanted to make sure we protected everybody. But, no, the the one dog, um, Buddy, I think we talked about Buddy before. He developed cancer, and we um, took him. Ironically, I live just a few miles from one of the best uh, – veterinary oncologist in the region and she uh, like leads the research and everything and she kept him alive for 2 years past what everybody else predicted would happen so but it was it was really expensive you know it was like we had been saving for a new car right rick and yeah we said you know we we can drive the old car for a while <laughs> and we took that money and we spent it to keep him happy and comfortable and um he was just the best he was a rescue and a multi-poo and just sweet as a as a just a little lamb he was just wonderful and then after he passed our littlest guy it was a Shih Tzu. His name is Benny. He developed a brain tumor. And, um, so that was, that was rough. He, at the end, he was having a hard time standing. Uh, I was using a walking harness, uh, to walk, to help him walk. And, um, he, um, it just, we ended up having to put him put him down. right he, he
1: did was, not want to walk, right?
0: No, he didn't know where he was either. Uh-huh. He was really yeah. having some issues. So it was hard. It was sad. And, it, you know, at least we were all together during that time, during the pandemic, if there is a blessing in that. Uh, and they brought so much joy to our lives. But these two, these two renegades, they uh, completely run the house and they're you know, most of the time out of control. <laughs> <I love
1: them. laughs> well, I'll tell you, you have led a life of entertaining and informing the public about the diamonds that you sell and the other products that you've sold. In fact, what is it I read years ago? Somebody wrote a review. Michelle Lau reminds me of a college professor. <laughs> did, did you hear that?
0: <laughs> that is such a compliment.
1: You research that. your diamonds when you sell through the public, and it it reminded the customer of <laughs> seat, being seated in a college class. Now, what beside nothing but a great compliment is that?
0: It is a huge compliment. You know, I've always been geeky before it was cool.
1: <laughs> right? Yes.
0: I just, I just kept it pretty well hidden, and I had such a fascination with it. I wanted to know when I caught the bug for gemstones, I was a kid in Lake Elmo and in Lake Elmo, Minnesota uh, back then it was very rural and there wasn't a lot to do. I mean, we didn't even have, you know, paved roads out where we lived and we were out by the horses and the cows and all that kind of stuff. So for entertainment, I would walk up and down the street and I would pick up stones along the street that I thought were pretty. And then I would take them home and clean them up. And I got a rock polisher one year for Christmas. So I would polish the agates and stuff like that. So it really, it started very early with me, but diamonds just a fascinating. So I dug into it and I started to educate myself and you can take courses at home or I went to the Gemological Institute of America and got my degrees, but it was something that I was really interested in. And it's been a lifelong thing. Like I started on this journey of learning uh, more about them scientifically uh, back when I was at Home Shopping Network. And so I've gone slow, you know, every couple of years I'd take another class, I'd add something else for my own entertainment. And before you knew it, there I was certified in gemstones and uh, Color gemstones, and also diamonds. But diamonds are a specialty for me.
1: Right. Now that's the first that I'd ever laid eyes on you, but you were not on, well, excuse me, you were employed by HSN, but you were on a situation there called America's Store, if you can remember back that far.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I first started at Home Shopping Network, they had four different um, channels, and they called them different things, you know? Uh, one was HSN. I think one was HSN 2. One was America Store. One was the Shopping Spree. We even did some BET uh, programming, and uh, I was actually on some BET shows with Tina Berry. And oh, yes. Cleveland, Tina
1: so. Berry was the boss, wasn't she?
0: Tina Berry is the boss. She is still the boss. Is. I, just, I just spoke to her yesterday. She's amazing, this woman. So strong and and yeah. oh, so God. smart. How
1: many years? She's a She must have been there now 40, 45 years, 40, 40 years, 30. 30 If she'd been there a day, oh, she doesn't work there anymore.
0: No, she's retired now. But yes, yeah, she had a very long, super successful career. She and Alice Cleveland, who um, oh, I are remember very Alice to. Alice, Alice is the are, is she's the like ga- my best friend. She's
1: she had the buddies. the the bunny rabbits in live rabbits growing uh, and
0: raccoons.
1: Yeah, in the in the cage behind her house.
0: Yeah, she had a whole thing of, of raccoons. She just moved out of that house this last year, and that, that was hard <laughs> oh. for her to give that up. But um,
1: now, what yeah, good is the, the raccoon? She kept. Ra- I I can understand bunny rabbits. Uh, The kids like them. They think they're cute. But a raccoon for a pet i'll bet you had them
0: so domesticized i mean they would come right up to her and she could cuddle them and the whole thing but uh yeah it was something to see her backyard was um very organized and very natural and these animals were so happy there
1: oh my oh my ladies and gentlemen it's michelle lau on mother's day she's with now qvc we talked about your time just briefly here at uh, HSN working for them. You went to Jewelry Television, JTV. I think everybody knows that. Now you're Mm -hmm. at QVC. What's new and what's going on in the Affinity Diamond world over at QVC?
0: You know, it's nice that you ask me that. There's so much that's evolving and changing, and I'm so excited about what's going on there. I mean, we're expanding our breadth of assortment. We just celebrated our 20th year um, at QVC, and so we're going to be going through a rebrand branding and a refresh, and we're bringing in a, a really wide variety of products. We started a sub-collection called Accents by Affinity, where everything is going to be 10 points and under, meaning, you know, a tenth of a carat and less, so that it, they're super affordable. And a lot of our newest customers are gravitating towards those, or they're wearing them more like fashion pieces. Because I had a piece um, that I, I actually found a little treasure myself. I ordered two of them, one for my mother-in-law, Jean. She has her birthday on April 10th. And so I wanted to send her some Something from our Firelight collection, which is our lab-grown diamond collection. So I found her a beautiful cross with a chain and sent that off her way. And there's just so many changes and fun things going on. Um, I got a new ring. I think um, I showed it to you. Boy, Zach, I saw and it. it. And my yeah. eyes,
1: my I had to uh, squirt water <laughs> in my eyes. Uh, they were b- blinded by the light. You know, like that song.
0: I still get excited. Yeah, I still get excited. I mean, it's a brand new cut. It's called the brilliant rose cut. And if you have some time to kill, go to QVC.com and just type in brilliant rose and go take a look at it. And I bought one and or I should say Ron bought one for me for our anniversary and I love
1: it. How many years?
0: So Twenty years this year.
1: Twenty years. Congratulations.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, who the thought?
1: You got a keeper there, <laughs> do you?
0: I do. I do. Mm-hmm. He's and, a good guy.
1: And tell everybody what your esteemed husband refers to to your show business career as he calls it the
0: traveling circus
1: the traveling circus there you go okay. ladies and gentlemen he's not lying if i said he was lying i'd be lying and <laughs> i'm not gonna do that i'll tell you what michelle i my right hand to god i'm telling you the truth i worked at a radio station and the program director That hired me was a nice young man. He loved my voice. He liked the fact that I knew the music. He hires me. And I had been there for, oh, I don't know, I'd been there for months and months. And he needed a production director. Production means all the commercials that you need to run the radio station. You need somebody to produce those spots and to make sure they're ready for air. You understand? The production director. He said, I know my buddy so-and-so, and we're going to bring him in from another part of the uh, United States. I forget what city it was. It might have been Nashville, Tennessee, and if not, it was you know, it was somewhere I, I don't remember because it was so many years ago. But he brings the guy in and the guy comes in on. I think it is. I I he might have arrived on the weekend. He got an apartment. I don't know if he signed a lease or what he did, but he got an apartment when he got here and it was, uh, I guess he took care of that on on the weekend that he arrived or maybe on a Monday. And on Wednesday, I came in to work, to work the midday shift, 10 to 3 on the air. And they said, well, now look, uh, Rick, uh, uh, we're gonna have a meeting out front here in the lobby, but don't you worry about it. You're not. Uh, you don't need to show up. Uh, we're just gonna have you on the air as normal. So just do your do your show, midday show. Don't worry. We're gonna take care uh, of the meeting. I said oh, okay, and the production director comes to me after that meeting is over, and I said, "What's what's this meeting about?" He says, "The station has been sold." And none of us have jobs anymore. Oh, no. Everybody. Your show. But no, they kept me. Oh, they oh kept me. You. They kept me and they kept the rip and reader for the news, the news guy. We used to call it rip and read because that was the old <laughs> tel remember the old teletype. Yeah. You'd rip oh, the totally paper off. That. Yeah, you'd, and you'd rip
0: run into the microphone.
1: <laughs> exactly. So they kept the newsman, they kept me, and they kept one other, I believe he was uh uh the graveyard man, midnight to uh, 5 midnight and it shifted to new ownership and it shifted to urban contemporary from rock and roll which is your 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 rhythm and blues your r&b your disco dance all this funk and soul which they knew from my club work i already knew about that music you see <laughs> You didn't have to educate me on any of it. That's why they kept me. And the poor program director had been in town less than a week. And that's that's heartbreaking. isn't that there? It yeah. is there is the business, and I swore to myself back then. And it's something that I, I I kept in the forefront of my mind, and that's why I preach it to these young people that come Rick, how do you be a DJ? Rick, how do you get on? You know, what do you do? What do you do? What? You become I, a
0: student of the music,
1: yes, yeah. you know what well. it is you're doing, and don't yeah. specialize. That's the first thing you do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had a guy that I used to produce his show he played with the New York Jets football team NFL I said to him I said well uh, how long were you on the Jets he said well I, I suited up and I sat on the bench one day and they traded me away <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, There there you, know, you
0: Rick go. I have a similar story actually There uh, you go you went through it also your football player I don't think we've talked about this before, but when I went to HSM, it it happened very quickly. Like they hired me very fast and I had to sell my business, sell my house and everything up in Minneapolis. I had 30 days to report to work there. So I had to you know, get everything in arrangement as well. So I was very busy getting ready and moving and transitioning and all that stuff. So I get there and I'm starting my new job before I actually get to my first day. A week before, they fired every person that had hired me. This is not good. When you're in TV or radio, right? yeah. Oh, I've <laughs> when, seen when it all the, the time. That's oh, nothing unusual. Coming in, oh, but at, from. From little neophyte me back then who I was a little baby host right right and these were the people that loved me these are the people that had made me promises and supported me and moved me halfway across the country and they're all gone right before I start so I was very scared that that was going to happen to me but luckily it didn't luckily they kept me and I was I had a long career there it was 12 years I guess at HSM in total but yeah there was a moment where I thought I was going to be like that guy like that manager right (laughs) yes have to you know unpack Back and read back again.
1: A side hustle. Do you know what that is? And do you believe well, in do it? Do
0: I? Absolutely, I do. I think everybody needs a passion, but it, you know, it depends on why you're doing the side hustle, right? Like if you're doing it just to make money, I don't think it works usually. If you're doing it because you have a passion for something and it's really doesn't feel like work, then I think a side hustle is good. Otherwise it's way too easy at the end of a hard and long day to say, no, I'm just going to put my feet up. You know, you have to really be motivated and love it, um, to make it work in my opinion.
1: Right. We had a guy that did a call in show, uh, on weekends. I think it was on Saturday and it was a sports talk type of a thing. They'd call in and discuss the game. I was the, uh, he produced it. It was his show, but I was the, uh, the, the director, I guess you could say, I, I put the calls out on the air. I told him how many calls he had. I, I, I physically made the show work and put it on the air while he hosted it and um, made the uh, was the talent for the show. And I'm telling you that I asked him, I said, well, what do you do? If the station one day says, "Uh, we don't don't want a sports show anymore. He said, "Uh, I don't specialize. He says, if they say we need someone to play music, I'm going to play music. If they say we need someone to read the news, I'll read the news. If we need a DJ here, there, or anywhere, I'm going to do that. He said, it has been my experience when you specialize and say, if I'm not doing the sports call-in show, I'm not going to work. He says that has proven to be a bad theory. If you want to work, be you versatile. Pivot. Yes. Yeah. Pivot. That's your word. You love that That's word. My word. Pivot.
0: Well, it, it, it's me in a nutshell, right? Like uh, I do love jewelry. I love all kinds of jewelry, but I can pivot quickly. You know, I can, I can, in, as far as jewelry goes and that right now is my specialty. But when I started, I sold every category and I made sure to your point, I made sure that I knew enough about the categories to speak and tell about them. I mean, surprisingly, I was I sold more electronic than I sold jewelry at HSN in my career there. For some reason, people like to buy electronics from me. and I think it's because you know I'm not you know an electronics person. I just know how I like to use them and what I use them for. So that's what I would speak to. Like if something had, you know, I don't know, how, 128 you know, megabytes of, of this and that of cash, I don't have to know how to build storage within a computer to get that kind of cash or storage. I just need to know that it would store how many tens of thousands of pictures for me. You know what I mean? So but by learning all that stuff, everything from Beanie Babies to, you know, cooking and all the rest, it made me more marketable and it made it easier for me to pivot. But oh. when I left there and I sat and I thought to myself, what brings me joy? Where is my passion? That's when I came to the realization that it's jewelry. Jewelry that is the art that is jewelry is what sparks my fire. And so I think that's a key. Don't you, Rick? And we're ch- I'm changing subjects completely. No, no. I, no, I th- What is that Broadway
1: it. show? Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Is that tr- a true statement or was that just some, some fluff for, for the theater?
0: Well, Well, I tend to think, you know, my mom, my husband, my, you know, my dogs, these are my best friends, truly, because, you know, we don't want to be a materialistic bunch, but man, I love diamonds. There's just something about the way they make you feel for sure. And that's why I think for Mother's Day, you know, diamonds are great, but if you can't afford that, then maybe you plan a surprise weekend getaway, or maybe you organize, you know, pictures with the family, or I don't know, write a poem to express love and gratitude. But on this day that we celebrate, not just the, the mothers that gave birth to us, but women who were instrumental in fostering us along our path, um, these are the women that we want to celebrate. Victoria Wick tends to be, she's a designer that many of you know, she's an inspiration to me. She's like a mother-like figure. I now took on a mentorship Um, arrangement where I'm mentoring a new designer through the women's jewelry association. I'm on the board of directors uh, for their international arm. And so, um, they asked me if I'd be part of their jewelers loop, um, program, which is where we, we kind of help newer or emerging designers along on their path. And so I'm going to do that. So I hope to become a mother figure for that type of designer, you know? So there's all kinds of women that influence us in our lives that we celebrate on Mother's Day, not just the ones that birthed us.
1: Boy, isn't that special. And you know, the affinity line. Now, are these lab-created that you're selling now, or are these natural, are you selling both? You're selling both, I believe.
0: I'm selling both, yeah. We have two different collections of diamonds. They're both diamonds. The affinity collection, which is my bread and butter, that is uh, a collection of diamonds that have been curated from the earth. So those those are the ones that come from the ground come from you know roughly 20 diamond mines all over the globe firelight is lab grown diamond are firelight diamonds are lab grown diamonds and so they are still diamonds. They're grown from a seed of a diamond. And I'm really excited, Rick. The uh, GIA, the Gemological Institute of America, has invited me to take a private tour. I'm going to be going on the 10th of May to the backstage areas at GIA where they're now grading lab grown diamonds. And then they're going to take me to their growing facility so I can see the diamonds actually growing in this sort of, you know, hothouse environment, if you will. I mean, comparing, we were talking about flowers earlier, comparing diamonds to flowers. You know, if you find a flower, a rose, let's say growing wild, or you have a rose in a hothouse that grows. The rose in the hot house can grow more perfectly because it's man-tended and it's taken care of in a very you know special way. So it's the same analogy for lab grown diamonds. They're, they grow from a seed, they're protected. They're in a laboratory, which is very clean and they're overseen so that they can grow to be more perfect. So I'm enamored with them. I have passion for them, but there's different customers for both. Like if somebody wants a diamond that, and they're a more traditional customer, they like the idea that it took that diamond, you know, billions of years to grow, that no two diamonds are alike, you know, then that's the rarity and the scarcity. And they want something that they know is going to, you know, hold their value historically then you go with Affinity. If you don't care about that, you just want a nice, big, bold, bright diamond, and you don't care that it's grown quickly, then you go with the Firelight lab-grown diamond. And more and more of our younger customers are really, really enjoying those. So. Anyway, I'm going on and on. But those, they're two very different products, but they're both diamonds.
1: How much money would one save by buying the Fairlight Diamond versus the identical size in the Affinity?
0: That's a difficult question to answer because the bigger a diamond gets, they don't just double or triple in size. They go up exponentially. So like the difference between a three-quarter carat and a one carat is a lot a lot different then and when you get to one and a half there's that's another magic number where they go up exponentially again and then two carats they go up exponentially again but i will tell you this I think, And I think this is kind of where you're going. You can expect to save right now between 30 and 50% off of a comparable natural diamond. So the main reason that people are gravitating, like looking at the um, statistical information that, that you can find through the uh, diamond councils, people that are buying uh, Firelight Lab Grown, they want bigger diamonds, they want bolder diamonds, they want brighter diamonds, they want as big as they can get. And they don't care necessarily about passing it down through the family. They don't care about that. So that's the customer that's buying it. They just want a more perfect diamond. They want a brighter diamond. And you can't you can't tell the difference with the naked eye between the two. You need very specialized equipment to do it. I I had a chance to learn how to grade diamonds in Carlsbad, and it is not easy, Rick. It's hard.
1: No, oh, I, I I can't do it. So no, I could never, I could never do that. You have to be trained for that. You were trained for that, I guess. GIA. I can do it. Yeah. Did I don't they like it. train you for that in New York?
0: No it was in Carlsbad, California, in their world headquarters. And oh. there's specialized equipment that you have to use. You have to work with a master set of stone, um, which are approved by GIA. There's very few master sets that are available and, and they're very expensive. But what you do is you go through them one diamond at a time and you, you match them up to the master set and you figure out where they fall using special lighting equipment. You have your head in the light box all day, uh, microscopes, all kinds of things. But um, like I said, I know how to do it. I can do it. But do I like to do it? No, it's way too fastidious for me. I'd rather let GIA do it.
1: <laughs> right. We were in Washington D.C. at the Smithsonian and they had what under high security, I might say, the Hope Diamond. Oh, yeah. And this Doesn't thing was a chunk of earth from the ground. It was not a finished <laughs> stone, and it was gigantic for a dime. I don't know how much this thing was worth, but it was into the millions. I Had you ever heard of that? Or uh, Oh, yeah, uh,
0: the Hope Diamond, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of famous diamonds out there, and there's as many stories attached to them. Some of them are, you know, very thrilling stories. Some of them are, you know, um, are stories that you scratch your head and you go, Really? Did that really just happen? I mean, there was a, a diamond that was found that's called um, the. Have you heard of the Eureka Diamond?
1: I've heard the name, but I know nothing about it, huh?
0: This guy, um, this guy, this kid, he was a 15-year-old boy. I think his name was Erasmus or something like that. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it was back in the late um, 1800s. And he found it. He was just out goofing around and found it when he was playing. And it was huge. Didn't know what it was. trusted it to a guy who took it um, to have it appraised because he suspected it was a diamond. Had him looked at it. And the stone came under the view of um, the civil commissioner, the people that do the... Do the um, Uh, evaluating and the taxing on things like this. And he said, I believe it is a diamond. And so the stone was sent. They put it in the mail. If you can imagine, they mailed it in a paper paper envelope. Oh, to a mineralogist and it turned out to be a 21 and a quarter carat natural yellow diamonds some people say it was even bigger than that but it was put on display they called it the eureka diamond because it was like eureka it's a diamond and uh it is an exciting piece to see and and It's fun, again, to see the pictures and to hear the stories, but oftentimes these things are found just laying around. You know, This 15-year-old kid found it when he was playing. Herders in Tanzania found tanzanite laying literally all over the ground after a fire went through that region, and it turned uh, zoizite, which is not a very attractive stone, but the fire turned it this brilliant shade of blue that looked like Ceylon sapphires, and um, that's what they thought it was when they originally found those, and those were literally just gathered up initially. Now they had to do Pit mining and the mines are running out, and all of this stuff. But initially, they just picked it up all over the ground. It's crazy. Now,
1: what the young boy had found was that in the United States or another country?
0: No, it was no. Yeah, it wasn't in the U.S. at all. It was um, it was in Africa, South Africa, mm-hmm. and they cut it down to a ten point seven three uh, in a cushion shape, and it's actually um in Kimberley right now. They and, called it. It was kind of the beginning, I think, of the Kimberly Diamond Rush.
1: I'll be darned. In your career, which has been over thirty years, which is a remarkable career, can you, you can you put a finger on how many millions of dollars of diamonds you have sold. I know that's probably impossible, but can you can you hypothesize any type of a guess? Do you even do you ever think about that?
0: I, I tell you what, a lot of that is proprietary, but I can tell you that I have sold tens of millions of dollars a year.
1: Oh, I believe that? that. I believe that. <laughs> and you've sold In your career, you've sold a million dollars worth of something in an hour.
0: I did, and it wasn't jewelry. It was a computer.
1: That was your biggest—well, we can go back. That was from a prior uh, job you had. You did a million dollars sales in one hour. That
0: was my first one. Yeah, that was my very first million-dollar hour. Now, I've done that since then. I have done more than that since then, but the feeling— When that happens, it's pure joy because I know that I was changing people's lives with that computer. Oh, now, this absolutely. Was back in a time where very few people had them, they didn't really understand them. They didn't know how to use them. And so it was a really big compliment to me personally. I take it also personally. I probably shouldn't, but I do. I just, the excitement of, and the feeling of opening up a package for the first time and touching and feeling a computer and, and doing the thing, seeing what it can do. That's like magic to me. <laughs> so I loved being able to share that with people. And that's what I think I love about diamonds, Rick, is that these aren't just little things that you throw away or you wear for a little while and you forget about them your jewelry box these are things that mark big moments in our life you know moments that mean a lot to us they're more meaningful and those are the presentations i like best i like problem solving product and i like products that you know make a big difference in your life the rest of it is just fun too but it's not the same for me i i really enjoy being able to talk like i know you you were kind enough to join me on a live chat recently And I love those because I'm not selling anything on those. We're just sitting and talking about stuff. We're talking about diamonds like what you and I are doing today. Um, And I get to meet people more one-on-one. That's the fun for me. You know, it's not as much the sales of it.
1: I think it's marvelous. And I think it's even better that your employer, uh, QVC, allows that type of a thing so that you can get a handle more on the personal side of the customer rather than, you know, there's so many of them there, you'll never speak with them. (laughs) They're all a number like so many others out there are going to do. Impersonality is probably going to be one of the biggest complaints in that industry, I'm going to guess.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be that way. And that's why I want to invite you to shop with me, because I I promise you, I'm not going to scream at you that there's nothing worse than turning on a shopping channel and they're screaming at you. Yes. (laughs) Or you're feeling like you're bullied into something. I don't want that to be me. I, I want you guys to be able to tell me what you need and then I'll give you some options and then you make the decision to buy it right, right. Exactly. i'll just give you the tools and you and you decide what you like
1: right michelle you sound like a college professor
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much i appreciate that compliment
1: thomas <laughs> Alva Edison, quote, my mother was the making of me. She was so true and so sure of me. I felt I had someone to live for, someone I must not disappoint. The memory of my mother will always be a blessing to me. Was your mom someone I must not disappoint? Was she someone I had someone to live for? that's what he had to say.
0: You know, I love that. That to me sounds like a poem. You remember I was saying it would be exciting for a mom to receive maybe a letter written by you expressing your love and your gratitude. I think you might have just started somebody's letter, Rick.
1: <laughs> that was right? Thomas Edison. Here's George Washington.
0: Start it started with that quote. Sounds perfect.
1: Yeah. George Washington, quote, my mother was the most beautiful person I ever saw. All I am I owe to my mother. I attract all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. So, and you know what? Does not the child, male or female, they have this innate love for their parents, even in the cases when the parents may not be the most, let's just say, wholesome individuals in the world. People want to love their parents. There's something about it, as they say, quote, if It's in the blood, you know, and I hate it when the parents let that child down, you know what I mean? And we we read about it in the paper or hear about it in a magazine or or now with computers, uh, you know, instantly there are very little secrets anymore. You with social media, everything comes out. Oh my, what are you going to do, Michelle, other than to try to to live the best life you can, help others live? love others. That's the purpose of why everyone is here. I think just to love others and to have others love them. Would you agree with that?
0: I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's what links us all together, doesn't it? And that's why I was saying a mother figure may be, you know, a foster mother. It may be someone who mentored you. It may be a teacher from years ago. These are the times that we really need to make that connection and tell people and, and have the courage to tell people how much we love them and how much we care. So Mother's Day is a great place to start with that. And I do agree with you. I think it's innately something that links people together. Um, not only our birth mothers, but the people that are so important to us. Us in our lives.
1: Quote, mothers are like glue. Even when you can't see them, they're still holding the family together.
0: Completely. There you go. I don't know what I would do without her.
1: I'll tell you what. Your mom is right there with you, and God bless you for bringing Pat all the way from uh, Minnesota now over to the home of QVC, which I know, I can't pronounce the town, but you're right there in the Westchester, Pennsylvania area. That's
0: exactly right. Yeah.
1: There you go. Absolutely. Come see us sometime. Absolutely. And Michelle, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and say, hi, Michelle. I watch you, I see you on TV at QVC, I heard you on the podcast, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. They have a diamond question. They have this or that about jewelry in general. Where can they get it's a really hold of easy. you? easy.
0: Very easy to reach me. I mean basically Michelle Lau for QVC on any of your social platforms. You can also find me on You Are Solid Gold with Michelle Lau. So drop me a note. I'd love to connect with you guys and um, thanks again for watching me on QVC. I really appreciate it.
1: Right. Now you've been at QVC now years too, haven't you?
0: It's been almost six years. I think it'll be six years in July. Right. Well, time goes fast.
1: Right. And you were at HSN from Start to finish, what over twenty?
0: About twelve years at HSN. Okay, twelve, um, I spent and some time yeah. at Gems TV, Jewelry Television. I mean, I'm I'm an old shopper, yeah. without a doubt. I I do love shopping. I always said if I could find a job where I could shop all day and talk, I would be happy. And I found a job where I can shop all day and talk. That's perfect. You
1: remember we mentioned the side hustle before
0: yes, your girlfriend,
1: yes. your girlfriend, uh, that was a coworker that sold with you a Tracy. Tracy? Yeah, yeah. She I said her side hustle when she was in New York, New York city was working. Cosmetics. Yes. Working, selling. Mm-hmm. She called it slinging makeup. <laughs> I would sling.
0: I don't know. If she told you she's so humble. You know, she was a Broadway performer. This girl had so many and has so many wonderful uh, talents. It's it's insane. But then again, she's my heart. She's like my sister. So I like to brag on her a little bit.
1: And she was slinging the makeup in downtown <laughs> New York City in the evening. That was her side hustle. And in the door up to her counter one night, unbeknownst to her, it just happened. Who was it at the counter? Bernadette Peters. Now, what would you do? If you were at the counter and Bernadette walked in,
0: (laughs) I get so starstruck, I'd probably just standing with my mouth gaping open, you know? Yeah, that's fun. And Tracy, um, she took it all in stride, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Now, they've had you with celebrities over the years, I know, on the television. Too many for me to name. The last one I heard about was Snoop Doggy Dog's friend, who they're on camera Lot together. Martha uh, Stewart. Martha Stewart ha- have oh. you and Martha been doing shows together?
0: no you know that was that was another time when i got all dry in the mouth and hardly could speak we were standing side by side on the set so it was sort of a passing thing but um she is larger than life i mean honestly she's a petite woman but her personality just radiates and that was just funny yeah that was one of those moments where i'm like oh my gosh i'm standing right next to martha stewart <laughs> it was not right now, i have met a lot of a lot of folks um through my career. And it's been such a privilege. I think I'm thinking of Mother's Day and Father's Day right now. So one of the most gracious men that I met over the years was Jack Klugman. You remember Jack?
1: Oh, from the uh the odd couple. Odd couple. He worked mm-hmm. with Tony Randall.
0: He did, and he was the most wonderful, generous guy. I, I did have my mom on the set with me for Mother's Day quite often, but there was a Father's Day that my uh, dad had come to visit me in Florida, and he had met Jack briefly, and I told him I was I told Jack I was worried about my father because my father had been a smoker his whole life. And And I hated it. And we were always badgering him to quit, which is the absolute wrong thing to do when you have somebody that's a smoker in your world is try to badger them to quit. But we really, I was, I was trying everything. But Jack had developed a smoking cessation program because he had been a smoker and um, had health issues because of it. And so he really had a passion and really believed in this product. Do you know that he took the time out of his day to call my father after the fact and have a long conversation with him to try to explain to him how important it was? and to try to get him involved in the program. And I thought, wow, this is a guy who really cares about people, right? So he's one of my fondest memories.
1: Right now, Tony Randall, Tony Randall, his co-star was vehemently opposed to smoking. Remember, Tony Randall, he was on a... uh, Do you think he picked that up from Jack, or or you don't know? I
0: think it's very possible. I don't know, but I think it's very possible.
1: Boy, oh boy. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Michelle Lau. You have seen her hundreds of times on the QVC Television Network, nationwide, unscripted television. This lady could sell the Eskimo Snow (laughs) as they say, an experienced sales personality on television. Selling for TV is a little bit different than selling retail. And I guess you know what happens when the camera points at you and the red light goes on and a person's hand says, you're on. That You know, it changes things, Michelle, other than, hi, welcome to the store. Can I help you? It's a little different, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the feedback is different for sure. I mean, you have to anticipate what people are going to ask you about a product and try to answer it without having any facial feedback, you know, without sitting or standing right in front of somebody. So you, I just try to be, you know, very factual. I try to do it in a methodical way. And I think some of the TV shopping channels have sort of lost that. Like to me, it's not about the host and it's not about the guest, but it's really, it's all about the product. So I want to give you as thorough of a presentation as I can. Exactly. Yeah. It's different because you don't have the feedback of somebody standing right in front of you.
1: Absolutely. This is our annual Mother's Day show, everyone, and we welcome back Miss Michelle Lau, and she has just celebrated 20 years of blissful marriage, and her husband, Ron, well, I guess he's settled in underneath the big top, you know, as part of the traveling (laughs) circus. circus. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? This program that you're listening to right now, ladies and gentlemen, will be our featured Mother's Day show for two solid weeks in the year 2023. It'll start on May 10th, and that's four days prior to Mother's Day, and then it'll continue to May 23rd. So we're going to feature it for two weeks and we're going to have it in our library for you anytime at all that you would like to listen to it. I am delighted that Michelle Lau was kind enough to come in and redo another Mother's Day show for us. I cannot think of a better party to bring in other than someone that's been on television over 30 years and knows what they're doing, especially on Mom's Day. And before I let you out the door, Michelle, what do you tell the young gal, maybe she's 19, 20, 21, thinking about getting married, no children yet, but maybe they're going to be on the horizon. You've been out there dealing with the moms for 30 years on live TV. What are they telling you about being a mom that you can share with the young gals coming
0: up? Oh, you know, I wish I were on the journey your whole life long, And I'm so happy to be just a small part of your lives as you start to celebrate these miles stones, you know, and I wish honestly, somebody would have pulled me aside when I was young and said, listen, instead of buying a lot of things, be more selective Buy one thing that really brings you joy, that really makes you happy, and then wear it for the rest of your life disposable. And I think the young girls are getting this now. Finally, disposable is not the answer. You want things with permanence, things that are authentic and things that are real, just like you would choose a best friend or a spouse or the people that you choose with Within your extended family. These are the people that will support you well your whole life long. So, your jewelry box should reflect your personality and that whole feeling. So, buy as well as you can afford to buy. You know, that's the advice my mom gave me so many years ago. She said, Michelle, choose quality over quantity you'll always be a happy girl that way
1: right and she sold what did she sell retail in her day
0: she worked um in a jewelry store a freestanding family owned jewelry store right. and sold primarily diamonds and pearls yeah
1: and when you told her the very first time those years ago mom You know, I I make a living here on TV, but you're going to be seated right next to me. What did she say? What did she do? Did she cry? I can't do it. I'm afraid. (laughs) Or or was she receptive?
0: She's fearless. You know, this is one of the things that she's instilled in me. You know, when somebody asks you if you can do something, you say yes first, and then you figure it out. (laughs) You know, so she was fearless. But when we got on camera, interestingly enough, for the first time, because she's very outspoken, has no problem giving you her opinion. (laughs) But she got very quiet, you know. She And so now it took a few shows because we did it, I think, for 15 years, something like that. We did it for many years. And then she got super relaxed. Before too long, I'm going to get her back on camera with me. At QVC, since I'm the guest, I can't invite her into a show because I'm the guest in their show. But I want to get her going on the podcast or get her in front of the camera again so that you guys get to know her a little bit better as well. So stay tuned for that one. That's because that's still to come. That's the goal here in the next year.
1: All right. And your website, you are solidgold.com. Would that be right?
0: Yeah, or michellelau.com. Again, you can link to it in many different ways. It's probably best to check me out on YouTube, actually, under Michelle Lau and the Gemstone Stories YouTube channel has a lot of good information on jewelry. Or if you just want to hear about things that are uplifting, um, I started a YouTube channel during the pandemic called you are solidgold.com that shows people, places, and things. Things that I really think are special. So again, not selling anything, but just reporting people, places, and things that I think are worth, you know, a second glance. People that are doing good things for others.
1: Barack Obama, quote. I know that my mother was the kindest, most generous spirit I have ever known, and that what is best in me, I owe to her. Is what's best in you, you owe to her?
0: Yes, absolutely. 100%. 100%. I mean, this is where we learn it. We learn at the knee. (laughs)
1: Boy, isn't that the truth? Absolutely. What a good Mom's Day show. It was a conversation that I've been waiting to have. You're so busy throughout the year, I rarely get a chance to talk to you, Michelle Lau. And thank you for inviting me on your live stream the other day. I appreciate that. You, you are a professional. I don't know anybody that has done over 15 or however many, at least 15, probably more, live Mother's Day shows on the air on Unscripted Live TV. You take the cake. I'm going to give you the trophy for it, Michelle. <laughs>
0: thank you. I'll take it. And thanks again for inviting inviting me here, Rick. I so enjoy the experience every single time.
1: Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rick Flynn speaking. It's been fun, but I've got to run. We thank from the QVC television network, the lovely, the talented, the college professor presentation acting Michelle Lau for coming on to share her thoughts about Mom's Day and Mothers Everywhere, because so many of the diamonds that she sells every day when she's on the air go to the moms and i can i can almost hear their voices well for what we put up with that's the least a man can do for us and you know michelle before we get out of here is there anything wrong with a lady buying her own self a diamond
0: you're kidding me, right? No, oh, oh <laughs> no, excuse me. Exactly. <laughs> Let me
1: rephrase that. Michelle, there's nothing wrong with a lady buying her own diamond. Is that right?
0: There's about that's right. About 90% of the purchases made in diamonds these days are self-purchases. So I say hashtag to me from me. How do you like that?
1: I love that. Thank you, everyone. New shows every Wednesday. And we'll see you on the next one. Good night, everyone.
0: Good night, everyone. And happy Mother's Day. one and all, I'll see you next time at QVC. The proceeding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantel Marie speaking.